You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows, visit electronicmediacollective.com. Another episode of Four Distraction. I'm one of your hosts, Adam. With me, as always, is Scott. How are we doing, Scott? Doing good. Doing good. Things are a little different. Yes. We are recording this show, and it is still daylight. It is. It was. We normally do this late at night, after hours with FYD. But uh, I have to. I have to go to Cleveland here in an hour or so. I got to drive to my sister's house. So I'm like, oh, we got to record the show earlier. So this is unique. Yeah. It's it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. And I wasn't I was going to be a good boy and I wasn't going to drink because I have to drive. But no, Adam. Out of the blue, you decide to bring a beer of the show. I did. I well, you know, you couldn't record last week. Right. Um so the podcast we uploaded was like a week like 2 weeks in the past, even right. though I uploaded it like a week ago. So I had this beer of the show sitting there and then you couldn't do it and I was like, "Oh, okay. All right then." And then so it's been sitting there for a couple weeks. And you don't have to finish it. It's fine if you want to finish it. Okay. I mean, we got like what we're gonna sit here for like an hour and a half or whatever, so it'll be out of your system in no time. And you're only gonna have one. I'm only gonna have one. Um, Before you listeners call the cops on me, I'm only having one. Beer the show I brought was from we get we do a lot from this company, the Great Lakes Brewing Company. They're Mm -hmm. Conway's Irish Ale. Yeah, it's funny. I'm traveling to Cleveland where my sister lives. And the Great Lakes Brewing Company is from Cleveland, so there, hey, that's fun, yeah, fun little thing. But I've, I've, I like their beer. I've had several of theirs, but I've never had the Conway Irish Ale. Um, St. Patrick's Day is right around the corner. It's rolling so up. It's rolling this up. This is fitting. Interesting. Okay, right, I'm gonna d- have a. Let's, let's take a swig and uh, let's see what how, how we like it. Okay, you go first. I'm gonna take my swig while you chat. Um, I kind of like it. It's. It's interesting. There's no like distinctive flavor, I would say. Um, it's an Irish style ale, so you know you you get what you get. Um, it's not too heavy, I don't think. It's it's not a light beer. It's definitely not light, but it's not like sitting at the bottom of my stomach. Um, it's probably like a generic Irish ale. There's no there's no like wow factor that I always say, but it's not bad. It's it's a good like casual drinking beer, I think. Um, so hmm. you seem stumped. I. I'm drinking it from... We're drinking out of the bottle. Would you like a glass? I don't want one. <laughs> but... Because, I, yeah, that's that's bullshit. Um, I think it's a red ale. But I can't see the color. Oh. I'm pretty sure Irish ales are red ales, but I could be wrong. I think it's, I think it's a red caramel color. Um, kind of tastes a little syrupy to me. A little bit. Which, which I, I, a lot of people don't like. I do. 
Do you remember? Okay, going way, way back. In the town where we lived, there was this old, old fucking school bowling alley. Okay, and they had this old fucking soda pop machine from like the 1950s. And it, you put a quarter in, it was a fucking quarter. And this little plastic cup shot down. And from one side, it was carbonated water. Another side, it was Royal Crown RC. Remember RC? Yeah, I remember it was, RC. It was RC syrup. And they sprayed from two different angles and crushed ice. It was the coolest thing. It was the coolest fucking thing. People are probably like, what? When I was a kid and I went to like birthday like a, parties like here. Cone. Kind of, but they were like, come, like one shooting in from the right, one shooting in from the left, one's pouring straight down. As an idiot kid, we would go there and we'd put a fucking quarter in the machine. And when the cup popped down, we would grab the cup and move it to the side. So only the syrup got in there. The ice and carbonated water went down the drain or whatever. So we just had like a shot of straight what? syrup. And we as kids would just do the shots of our sounds syrup. so disgusting. Probably was. But like I was like I was the king of doing it. Everybody else was like, that's so gross. I was like, line them up. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it kind of reminds me a little bit of that. But it's good. It's good. I want to know the story about this Conway guy. On the cover of the bottle, there's like... It's like a, like a policeman, like an officer. He looks like, yeah, a, an old-fashioned, like, untouchable style. Old, old-timey. Old like days. a cop on the beat, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't know who this Conway is, but it's kind yeah. Might be interesting to look up. So like, uh, like Sean Connery's character in The Untouchables, like that kind of yeah, job. yeah. So anyway, uh, I'm gonna rate. I like it. It's 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 a good it's a good beer. It's a good casual beer. I'm gonna give it a four out of five. Four out of five. I give it a I give it a recommend. Solid recommend. recommend. Okay. Solid recommend for four well, distraction. All right, that's the beer of the show, the Conway Irish Ale from the Great Lakes Brewing Company. Pretty good, Scott. Cancel culture's on the rise again, Scott. Cancel culture's on the rise again. What do you mean? Cancel culture. They canceled uh, Mr. Potato Head and Dr. <sighs> Seuss. They canceled, they canceled them both. All right. They canceled have, them both, Scott. I have feelings about this. You do? Yes. I'm interested because uh, I, I think I know which way you would go, but I want you to surprise me. So right. what, what are you going <clears> to <throat> say? I'm a toy fan. <laughs> I'm, I'm very much a toy fan. Hasbro, they do, they're a good company. They do a lot of toys. They did not fucking cancel Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> they rebranded the Potato Head line in general. So if you look, and, and I saw this. I haven't seen the boxes in the wild yet, but I saw them on I've the seen internet. The, I've seen the box, like, like a picture of it. Picture what, of it on the internet, be, yeah. yeah. It says Potato Head at the top instead of Mr. Potato Head. And there's a picture of the, the toy. If you look at the bottom... It actually says Mr. Potato Head on the bottom. It does, yeah. Yes. It does still. It's just a fucking rebranding of the box that happens all the time with companies. It's their product. They can choose to do what they want or what they don't want with it. It's still a fucking Mr. Potato Head toy. It's still a Mrs. Potato Head toy that are part of the Potato Head line. Like, yeah. like, like, people probably don't know this. It's not Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. There is a whole fucking line of Potato Head toys. They have, like, Star Wars themed. They have Marvel themed. They have, like, little doll themed. Like, Hasbro is 
good at putting out junk and shit yeah. that they want people they to buy. Care. They just throw everything there out are, there. But, but ignorant people, and by ignorant I mean uneducated people who don't know this. People that get that get triggered real easily. Yeah, they just think it's just a Mr. Potato and Mrs. Potato Head, and they're going gender and fluid. And that's not the case at all. That's because it's a fucking potato. It's a fucking piece of industrial plastic. It doesn't have genitalia, Adam. It is not masculine or feminine. It is a piece of plastic. It's not... There, there's You don't get a giant dong to put on <laughs> Mr. Potato Head. There should be a giant there's dong no to put on Mr. Potato Head. monster potato cock that you can attach <laughs> to your potato head toy. That doesn't exist. There's no, there's no giant floppy tits that you can put on Mrs. Potato Head. No, no, those, those don't come in there. It might exist. There might be a version of it I out there. I guarantee there's a version out there. I'm not going to kink shame anybody, but I bet, I bet it exists. There, I guarantee it is. Oh man, it's, Fuck. it's. Uh, I, I'm here's, here's my opinion of it. I don't care either way. In my honestly, and if yes. anybody who cares, who honestly cares, who honestly gets angry about it, are just looking for a reason to get angry. Like, even if, even if your opinion of it is, well, that's cancel culture, you know. And then you know all the liberals are doing it again. Like, even if I even if I cared about it, I would still be like, all right. I mean, that sucks. You know, I like my Mr. Potato Head, but again, I've not played with a Mr. Potato Head in about oh twenty five years. So, and I've never bought a Mr. Potato Head. So, like, what do I care? My kids have them, and I'll admit, sometimes, not always, but sometimes, I hate to use the term cancel culture because I feel like that's that's a talking point by the right that they invented. There, there is an aspect of it that is a little bit true. It goes there it, is. at times. I agree. But this case is not one of them. And the same thing goes with Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss probably... I was going to bring up Dr. Seuss, too. Doctor, first of all, I'm a Dr. Seuss fan. He was very racist. Huge racist. He said he said some terrible things about the Japanese during I read World about War II. So. I didn't know this recently. I, I just read about this. Because he was, he was a big uh, supporter of FDR. Yeah. And I liked FDR as a president. He was our, to date, our only socialist president. And he was so popular that he just kept getting fucking elected and fucking elected. They had to enact term limits because FDR just kept winning. That was the only socialist president we've ever had. And look how popular he was. He got us out of the Great Depression. He won World War II. He was insanely popular. But, here comes a big but. The one issue I have with Roosevelt in his presidency, and it's a big issue I have with him, was his Japanese internment camps. Yes, those were. That was a horrible, horrible thing he did, and Doctor Seuss Seuss was a big FDR supporter. I don't know if he was a socialist himself. I know he was very anti-communist. He's made he made comments where he thought the communists and Stalin and the Soviet Union were just as evil as Hitler and the fascists yeah. in Germany and the Nazis in Germany. Like he felt that way. So so he's kind of in the middle between the fascism and the communism. But he was a big supporter of Roosevelt and Roosevelt's racism toward the Japanese Americans was also Dr. Seuss's racism toward the Japanese Americans. The first time I first of all I heard about 
Dr. Seuss's like racist tendencies mm-hmm. this earlier this year, like the beginning of this year. I I've gone back and re been re listening to like the Dead Authors podcast, which right. is one of the kind of the podcasts that like inspired Love us it. to do podcasts. It. It's a great show, and there's a shit ton more episodes that you've never listened. I to. know, even though that don't exist. I need to go back and revisit it. Ugh. Dr. Seuss one is a gold. That's okay. that's another gold one to listen to. But okay. I went back and I was listening to it, and as I was listening to it. Uh, the whole premise of the author's podcast is they uh, this dude brings um, author of the time machine. He brings like H. G. Wells. H. G. Wells he hosts br- a podcast where his time machine from H. G. Wells' book, The Time Machine, is real. Yes, and he goes in the time machine and goes back in time and gets other great authors of the past who are who are deceased and brings them to present day and does an interview style talk show podcast you explain it way better than i was mumbling so yes uh, it's it's amazing stuff it's a lot of it's a lot of improv and it's it's comedy gold oh my gosh but they had a dr seuss one on there and he asked them about he's like yeah you you, your book's been really great and everything like that but like you know what do you say about um you know your your anti-Japanese tendencies. He said, I quote, you said, let's kill them all and then make friends with the ones that survive. And he just looks like, so the Grinch has stole Christmas. It's a, it's a really great book. Like, and he kind of like <laughs> he sidestepped the question real quick. And I was like, did he really say And I looked, I was like, oh, she fucking said that. She said some shit like that. And, yeah. and then, and then like a month later, they were like, hey, we're canceling Dr. Seuss books. It's like, because he's racist and shit like that. And I'm like, I just heard about this shit. Serendipitous. Okay, so I have a couple points. I read that about him, too. But I'm confused because a lot of his books really, like like Horton Hears a Who, a person is a person, no matter how small. The Sneetches, the Starbelly Sneetches have stars upon theirs, but it teaches you a lesson that everybody's equal. So I don't understand how he was such a racist in real life. But when a lot of his stories are really promoting a good message of equality and acceptance. It is most of their stories. I think they're they're only canceling six, six books. Six books. Six books. And, and I have and I have a list of the books right here. I, I've like heard of two of them of the yeah. six. They're they're really like not known. The books are and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street. I know that one. If I ran a zoo. I know that one. McGillicott's uh, pool. Never heard of it. On Beyond Zebra. Never heard of it. Scrambled Egg Super. Never heard of it. And The Cat's Quizzer. Never heard of it. Yeah. So, so those are the six books that they are canceling because they have raised ones. Apparently, I've never, I didn't look into it, but from what I've heard, there's some, there's some stuff in there like portrays African people, like Af- like black people as like African tribal wear mm-hmm. or like Chinese people in like the stereotypical cartoon. Savages. Yes. Yes. That's how you portray them. And they, those. they refer to Asian people as Chinamen. Yeah. In one of them, and I'm like, ooh, that's that's pretty racist. Yes. Yeah. But but here's a, here's an issue I have. I bring up my grandpa all the time. My grandpa was definitely prejudiced, but I don't know if he was racist. I'd say this. I'd say the same thing about my grandmother. My there's grandmother's a, like that too. There's a fine line between prejudice and racist, but there is a subtle difference. And this is an example. I might have talked about this on the show before, but this this is my grandfather to a T when he was alive. He he loved watching the news, especially watching the weather. And he would talk about it to Kristen and I all the time. And if he's watching the news and there happens to be an African-American meteorologist presenting the news, he would say... I heard, and he would use, sometimes he would, not always, I would call him out on this. He would use the N-word sometimes, but not 
thinking it was derogatory, even though it is. He'd say, oh God, this is it's tough for me to explain it. I know uh, what you mean. I know what you mean. My grand- uh, that that N-word on the news said it's going to rain tomorrow. I understand what you okay? mean. Okay? I understand what but you mean. But he's listening to him. And wa- a, a racist would say, why the fuck is there an N-word on my television set? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. My grandpa didn't care that, he, that a black guy was telling him the weather. But he had to point out that he was a black guy. Like, a regular person who's not prejudiced or racist at all would just call him a meteorologist or a weather person. They wouldn't say the black meteorologist or worse, the N-word meteorologist. Because you don't need to say what race they are. Yes. I've... My, I, I love my grandmother. Mm-hmm. She is a very nice, very, very nice person. Right, she, right. She, she gets along with everybody unless you live, unless you're a neighbor. Unless you're a neighbor, she doesn't get along with you, but everybody else she gets along with. Okay. She's one of those kind of people. She's a very nice person, but in the past, I have had encounters where she's never directly called like to their face mm-hmm. that, but they've talked about somebody and using that word the n-word to refer to like a black person like that black that n-word over there or that or they did this or whatever it's It's, and honestly like she doesn't i don't know if she does it or not around me but she doesn't do it around me or my my mother or my sister anymore because we call her out on call her her out we're like hey hey i get it you can't say that though you can't say that shit Mm -hmm. and after a few times she's been like she doesn't never say anytime she refers to like a black person she will say oh there was this uh, there was this black lady that came over and stuff like that and she refers oh that black person and stuff yeah so it's it's progress it's a step forward i guess it is and here we here we are trying i'm trying to say that that's prejudiced not racism but we're two white guys saying this yeah what do we know probably (laughs) there's probably a black person listening to our podcast right now screaming no your fucking grandparents were racist and Maybe that is the case, but it doesn't, it doesn't, what they were saying doesn't make it okay. No. But, but, here's a big but. Big old big booty. Big old, old booty. Here. The era that they grew up in, it was still never okay, but it was more socially acceptable. Yes. It's like, it's like when we grew up, it was okay to call somebody gay when you're joking around with them. Yeah, you would, as a you kid, would, you I would, did. You would see you would like, oh, you're gay, or, man. You gay, Or man. the R word, which you can't even say anymore. No, retard. Yeah. Yes, retard. Yes. That is, you don't say that now. Yeah, as it's a not kid, acceptable anymore. As a kid, when I'm, I'm fine in the, with it. I'm fine with it. When care. I'm in junior high, I'd be like, oh, he's such a retard. Oh, you're gay. Now, I don't say those words. No. I, it's, because it's it's not right. Because we, we learn. We, we learn that they don't like that. They don't like... Those kind of social stigmas, and they don't like being called that, so we adjust and we said, okay, we said it before, but we're not saying it anymore. So it's, so it's, we've done the same things, and I guarantee everybody has that sort of thing. I think, I think growth is important. Yes. To show growth. You and I used those words when we were younger. We don't anymore because we realize how inappropriate it is. Um, your grandma, she used to refer to people as the N word. Maybe she calls them black people now. Should she even refer to their race at all? No. But she has shown growth. Yes. And I mean... We all do that, though. We, we, we all refer to race and stuff like that sometimes. Like, we will... There, there will be times where we will say, oh, yeah, that black guy, uh, he's... He, we're trying to describe something. Like, oh, yeah, and he was doing this... It's, you, you know, the black guy. He, he, won't, he, he was doing that with How the black guy. you go, the white guy. Yeah. No, right? Exactly. Exactly. I know. I know. It, it is, but, it, that's racism in itself, I too. Know. It yes. Is. It's like the Avenue Q. A- everybody... Avenue Q. I was just thinking of that. Everyone's a little bit racist <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> oh, that's shit. That's good. It is. But back to... But, we, we, I digress because we always get off topic. 
Dr. Seuss is... We're not canceling Dr. Seuss. No. The Lorax is one of the greatest books. Go Dog Go is, is a childhood favorite of mine. You know, that was by P.D. Eastman, but it was published by if Dr. Anything, Seuss. If anything... Let me just say, six books, they're not even being canceled. They're not being published anymore because of the Dr. Seuss estate has made this decision. Yes, it's not like people... It's not like people said, oh, with pitchforks and torches, stormed the the cat in the hat press to <laughs> stop printing every Dr. Seuss book ever. No, that's not the case. The Dr. Seuss, his estate themselves decided, hey, these six books, they're a little bit questionable. We're not going to make them anymore. Yeah, it's. I think this shows that the biggest problem is. I I think social media and the new and the news media is kind of what blew this out of proportion. I imagine they put like with Miss Potato Head and with Doctor Seuss's books, they put out a statement saying, "Hey, we're not going to do this for this reason. We're just rebranding, or we're not putting these books out because of this reason. We're not canceling Doctor Seuss. We're just not publishing these books." And then either people on social media saw that, and then they made a big deal about it, and then all of a sudden it blew up and. News media made a big made like wrote some article that said like oh Miss Potato Head they're rebranding they're not calling it Miss Potato Head and then some random news guy said their cancel culture is going after Mr. Potato Head they're not calling him Mr. Potato Head anymore so I imagine like it was a lot of that involved that blew this up out of proportion and the last thing I'll say on this topic before we move on yes uh, there's no such thing as bad publicity how much do you want to bet? <clears throat> People are hearing this on the news and going out and buying tons of Mr. or just Potato Head dolls. How many people are going to the bookstore, if there is a thing anymore, and buying Dr. Seuss books? Hasbro and the Dr. Seuss publisher are making mint right now. I was talking I was talking to somebody about the Mr. Potato Head thing, and they were all pissed off about it. And they're like, I'm going to go buy Mr. Potato Head now because it's Mr. Potato Head. And I'm like, all right. You, you do you, boo-boo. And Hasbro laughs all the way to the bank. <laughs> exactly. All right. It is time to talk about WandaVision, but we're doing, do something a little bit, we're doing something a little bit differently this episode. Um, because these are the last two episodes of WandaVision, we didn't want to talk about – we didn't want to get together and talk about two episodes at the same time. So the next segment is we're going we're gonna to give you the pre-recorded talking about episode eight, I believe, of WandaVision. Episode yeah. eight, the second to last episode. Or I'm going to put that in here. We did that online, so you're going to notice the difference in quality. But we're going to do that, and then we're going to talk about the last episode of WandaVision. So enjoy. All right, it's time to talk about episode eight of WandaVision. Previously on is the name of the episode, which I think is a very... Previously on? Yeah, it's a very good name for the episode. Yeah, okay. Um... This is unique in that it's the first episode that they've done that doesn't have, like, the sitcom formula that we've seen for the past seven episodes. So Yeah, and I actually... The first, the first couple episodes of WandaVision happened, I remember thinking to myself, I'm not too sure about this uh, black and white sitcom style... You know, I don't know why they're doing it like this. This is going to take some getting used to. And now this episode, seven episodes later, is set up not like a sitcom. And I was kind of disappointed now. I was like, oh, <laughs> I, wanted it to, I wanted it to be like a sitcom, like all the other ones. That, that 
I don't know. I got, I got attached to it, so it would it be kind of let me down in that way. It would be nice, but I can understand based on the content of the episode why it would be a little difficult to do that. Very sitcommy with what they wanted to do. So this is the episode where we finally like get the origin story of Agatha Harkness a little bit. She was like a witch in like a witch's coven or whatever, and she did some naughty black magic or some shit like that, and they try to like kill her. I'm assuming because she's held at a stake. So. I, I guess yeah, trying she to was. Her. Uh, they did a flashback. It was like 1600s Salem, Massachusetts, around the time and around the area of the Salem witch trials. Yeah, and it looks like it looks like originally looks like she's going to be burned at the stake for being a witch, and then we find out that she's tied to the stake by her own coven of is it coven or coven? It's that sounds too close to COVID. It's Coven, actually. Um, coven. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's okay. tied, and her mother, we find out, is part of the group, too. And The leader. Tr- the leader. Yeah, and we they try to do some, like, zappy magic on her, like, shooting like these blue magical beams at her. I don't know if they're trying to kill her or send her to another dimension. I don't know, but either way, she's done some naughty. Agatha's done some naughty business. She's dabbling in dark magic, maybe, something like that. But she basically, like, reverses the spell because she's so strong. And she reverses the spell on all the witches, including her mother, and, like, sucks them dry of their, like, energy. <clears throat> so basically it kills them. Which is fu- kind of fucked up when you think about it. Yeah, I actually think this, the opening scene, might have been my favorite scene in this whole episode. Uh, I don't know much about Agatha Harkness. I've I've read some stuff about her in the comics, but on my own, I never really knew too much about her. I don't really know much so, about her either. So no, no. So so seeing her, for all intents and purposes, her origin story was kind of interesting. So I I, li- I liked the opening of this. Yeah, it was it was a good opening, and it kind of like showed that she means fucking business, and she has no qualms about killing people or even like her own coven, her own mother, everything if they try to fuck her over. Um, mm-hmm. But then it kind of flashes forward to where we left Wanda and Agatha in that dungeon area, and I I gotta be honest with you, I I poo pooed it a little bit when we talked about it last week, but you, you I you might be right. I didn't go back and watch the episode, but you might be right that that was one of the books from the Sanctum or from the. Sanctum Sanctorum, or where the wizards and Doctor Strange go to uh, learn and practice. And everything. I can't remember the name of that, what they called it in Doctor Strange at the beginning. But that, that book might be that, because there's been a lot of buzz about that book and what's, like, what's in it and what's it about and everything. But we can see in this dungeon, though, that Wanda's magic is of zero use to her because she's in Agatha's realm. And Agatha has plans for her. Agatha is, like, looking to do some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um... This whole episode is basically, as the title suggests, a flashback episode. But it's not like flashing back to things that we know, or like things that we've seen. It flashes back to like things we didn't see. Like It flashes back to everything we heard about when Wanda's parents were killed. And it flashes back to when she was in the um, Hydra in, uh, in, base, basically like essentially getting her powers. And it flashes back to like when her envisions romance kind of first bloomed it kind of it just kind of goes back to these things and the whole reason why it's happening is because agatha is trying to figure out the source of wanda's power because when wanda created this bubble 
it's apparently sent out like this huge magical blast that she kind of sensed, and she was like, "Whoa, that's hot! Like, I gotta get me a piece of that." Um, and so, like, ba- the the brunt of this episode is we find out that it maybe Wanda never got her powers from Hydra. Maybe she had her powers the whole time, and they were just kind of amplified by the Sunwing Stone. And that's that's a big thing that we've learned in this in, in this show. Okay, so a couple of things I want to interject here. Uh, uh, you were you were rolling, you were rolling. Yeah, so I yeah, want to yeah, let yeah. you go. I want to let you go. But uh, as far as the whole book, uh, I can't take credit for that. And this this is something at first I was very much into, and now I'm kind of angry about it. But if you're somebody who goes on the internet. It's going to be impossible for you to not finding fan theories about WandaVision. Oh, yeah. I've seen so many, and a lot of the fan theories are crazy, wacky, off the wall, never going to happen in a million years. A lot of them contradict each other. But some of the ones I'm like, hey, I could get behind that one. And and that's where I heard the theory that the book that was in the, the dungeon basement was from Doctor Strange. So that that's where that idea came from. Whether it's true or not, I don't know, but I like that idea that it could be true. The second thing is when they went into that basement, you saw like there was some like glowing purple writing on all four walls. Yeah. Like- that was some kind of a hex or some kind of a spell yeah. to prevent the magic from happening. And when you get down there, it's like poop. Wanda was no longer in Westview. She was not in the Hex anymore because she had the Sokovian accent. Yeah. Which you and I, which you and I talked about early in the episode, early in the show. We said, how come she doesn't have her Sokovian accent? Like, why is she talking like she's American? And the one scene where she walked out to confront the sword members, she had the accent again. And in this episode, she had the accent again. And that is because this little dungeon where she is, it's outside of the world that Wanda created. It doesn't exist. It's basically Agatha's kind of realm. Right, right. So I thought that was kind of a neat thing. And then you said, like, we're seeing not so much flashbacks, but, like, we're seeing Agatha use her magic to go back through Wanda's memory. Yes. And you're seeing you're seeing things from her past play out because like you said Agatha wants to know how Wanda got her powers and or at very least became so powerful because we know Wanda is very very powerful. Oh yeah. I would say Wanda is probably more powerful than Agatha if Agatha hadn't put that charm on the room where her magic didn't work. If she's if they're if they're head to head, I'm taking Wanda. I mean, and I th- we, I think Agatha knows that. We we heard it in the show, and we saw it when we watched the movie. She went toe to toe with Thanos and almost whooped his ass. Granted, he didn't yes. have the Infinity Stones at the time, but by himself, Thanos whooped Thor's, Iron Man's, and Captain America's ass all at once. So we know Wanda's powerful. But jeez. Uh, oh, anyway. The, uh, I'm trying to think here. Um, the next part was the scene, which I kind of like this scene too, where they showed 
God, I'm trying to remember back because it was when a she week was a ago child. Now. When she was a child and she's in the apartment with her family. Yeah. And you see where her love of sitcoms comes from, which was kind of a cool little Easter egg. I like that. But then it, it, this all was happening during the Sokovian Civil War, which we know about that from the movies in the MCU. And, and, and this is my argument with this episode. A lot of this, I feel like, was trying to catch up the casual Marvel watcher. You and I are so invested in the MCU, we knew a lot of this already. We knew about the Sokovian Civil War and how Wanda's parents were killed. We knew from Age of Ultron and then later on Civil War about how she hated Tony Stark because she made the comment, my brother Pietro and I, hid under rubble, staring at a missile that said Stark written on the side of it, waiting for it to explode and kill us. We were there for two days. She goes, but it was a dud and it never went off. And I like when back then when she's talking about this, Tony Stark being the arrogant asshole he always was, made the comment, well, none of my missiles are duds. And you see in this, it actually fucking wasn't a dud. She had power way back then. And she used her uh, her curse. What'd you say it was called? The, the, uh, uh, the probability curse. Probability Next. curse. Yes, she used the probability curse to make it not go off. And that's what you were saying. We find out she had power before she was ever recruited by Hydra to go through those experiments with the Infinity Stone, which in the comics we know she's technically an X-Man. She's a mutant. She's not an X-Man. She's, she's a mutant. A, well, she does become an X-Man later, but that's neither here nor there. She is a mutant. She has the X-Gene because her father was allegedly Magneto. So she has the X-Gene. That's where she gets her powers from. But yeah. then the next scene was when you were saying that she went to the Hydra base. They put her in contact with the Infinity Stone. Was it the... Uh, it was the uh, Mind, Mind, Mind Stone. Stone? Yeah, the, Mind okay, one. They the one that the was in Mind Vision's Stone. forehead. Okay, so she's in contact with the Mind Stone, and we know how powerful the Infinity Stones are. Even individually, they're so powerful. So I, my theory is, and I think this is... I think you'll agree with me, and most people will... Her powers that she already had from her genes are now amplified because of what Hydra did to her, putting her in proximity to the Infinity Stone. I completely agree with you. I believe that's what it is. I don't. I don't think they're going to go in the direction by saying that she has the X gene, quote unquote. I don't think they're going to go in that direction. I think they're trying to say that she's a natural, like it's like she's using magic, like it's a natural mm -hmm. ability that she has. It's the reason why Agatha. Like it's the reason why Agatha Harkness gravitated towards her because she said that when Wanda created later in the episode when they look back back when Wanda created this bubble, she said that the creation of the bubble was such a powerful burst of magic. I came here to see what the source of that magic was. So I think she's a natural witch. I don't necessarily think it's going to go down the even though they already they already introduced the. Uh, X-Men's Quicksilver in the show I don't necessarily think they're going to go down the route of saying she is like the first X-Gene person in this version of the universe or whatever I just meant in the comics books yeah, 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 she yeah. Has, she, in the comic books she was a mutant with the <laughs> X-Gene and later on joined the X-Men 
she was in both the X-Men and the Avengers, which was unique. Yes. Um, I, I, I agree with you that maybe part of this show, part of this episode at least, was to catch people up to, like, the past about, like, Wanda and, like, where she came from, stuff we already know. But, like, I feel like that was only, like, like we talked, that's only part of it. The big, the big picture thing that they're trying to show us in this episode was Wanda always had powers and the thing just amplified her. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of it was to introduce her as the Scarlet Witch in this episode. Right. They actually used right. the name Scarlet Witch. Because what Agatha ends up finding out by diving into her past and her memories and they're going through all this stuff is she realizes that Wanda's magic is uncontrolled. It's it's chaotic magic. It's, it's purely... Mm purely based on feeling and it ha- she has no real control over anything she does most of the time so it's basically she says the name you're the scarlet witch as if it's like a legendary name that exists in the lore of witches or whatever so which is and i cool. thought it was cool yeah. i thought it was cool because i mean we've always known that she was scarlet witch we've always referred to her as that we know it from the comics but then I had to think, uh, after this episode was over, I had to think about it. And I asked you, as from the moment that Wanda Maximoff was introduced at the MCU, Age of Ultron, and then Civil War, and then Infinity War, Endgame, up until this show, had she ever been referred to as Scarlet Witch before this episode? She has not, no. No. We always knew that's who she was. And even even there was little little Easter eggs with her wearing the Halloween costume that was clearly Scarlet Witch from the comic books. But yeah. she was never like like even when she was hanging out with the Avengers, they always called her either Wanda or they called her Maximoff by her last name. They never called her Scarlet Witch. She didn't go by that. And that's why a couple episodes ago, uh I was what's the what's the fucking guy's name from Sword? Hayward. Hayward, yeah, I can't remember his name. Hayward was talking to Agent Wu and was trying to get him to say it felt like he was egging him on, trying to get Jimmy to say Scarlet Witch. And she's like, Well, what else does she go by? What else does she go by? And he was like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Because at that point, no one had called her Scarlet Witch. Yeah. But it was like Hayward wanted somebody to say scarlet witch you brought up hayward and that's that's a good segue because mm-hmm. i wanted to talk about um the theory that i have and, and i've heard, i've seen this written uh talked about before and everything like that but i think there's something there's something up with hayward beyond the because we find out in this episode that or we've been learning this entire series so far that hayward's not always on the up and up with everybody he's basically being like a government tool he shot Try to shoot the missile at Wanda from the drone, all this other stuff. So he's like not like a great guy, but beyond like the you know vibing for power government agent, I think I think Hayward has like a lot. He's there's a deeper thing going on there. He's he's not like laying all his cards out even for like mm-hmm. the audience. Like he may be he may be somebody. He may be a future villain. Like something, I think something's going on with him because um, one of the flashback scenes that we get is when 
they talked about it at the beginning of the show. You saw the video where he said, you know, the, Wanda came in and stole the Vision's body and, you know, took her away to New Jersey and resurrected him against his wishes and everything like that. What we find in this episode, she never stole Vision's body. Like, when she right. went to go see Vision and, like, because she wanted to, like, bury him and stuff like that, give him a proper burial, like, she, he showed her, like, what they were doing and they were dismantling him and he said, look, I can respect what you're saying, but you're not burying 200 tons of vibranium or whatever, however much uh, vibranium is in Vision's. Like, you're not burying all that vibranium under the ground. Like, it's, it's, it's worth hundreds of millions and not billions, billions of dollars. He said billions, yeah. Did he say billions? Okay, that, that's what he said. He said billions in the show. Yeah, yeah so that's what, he, that's what he said, but he you could see when he was talking to her, like, he was kind of, like, playing with her a little bit. Like, he had mentioned uh, along the lines of, like, not all of it, like, you basically, like, you can't just reactivate him. Oh, I mean, like, you can't just bring him back from the dead. Like, this is not something you can do. And he mentioned, like, like Wanda's ability to, like, resurrect people. Does she have this ability? And this was hinted at briefly in the show when Sparky died, or was killed by Agatha, as we know. Um, and I killed Sparky, too. <laughs> um, she basically, like, the boys were like, you can bring her back, though, can't you, Mom? And Agatha's like, can you do that? And then Wanda, she never said no. She said that we can't do that. Like, we cannot do that. That's not something we should do. So, I'm thinking Hayward knows some shit that he shouldn't know. Um, he, he's a deeper player. And that very well could be. And I've seen, again, the internet conspiracy theories out there. The fan, the fan theories. A lot of people... And you mentioned you actually were the one who mentioned this at first in an earlier episode of a podcast, but you you said you thought Mephisto was going to make an appearance, and a lot of people think Hayward could be Mephisto. I'd buy and it, and I, I wasn't so sure about that. But from more more I've read, Agatha Harkness and Mephisto are always intertwined. Yes, sometimes sometimes they're they have an allegiance and they help each other and she, she like is a, a follower of him other times they've she's helped uh scarlet witch to fight him like but they're but they're always connected agatha and uh mephisto so now that we know that agatha is here it's probably going we're probably going to see a mephisto but there's another villain who some people are speculating that might show up and I'm I'm not too familiar with this villain either, but it's someone named Nightmare. I do not know who that is. I yeah, I, I I'm not sure either. Again, it's this fucking internet fan theories. It literally could be any. If you're gonna deep dive into the comics like that, I guess it literally could be anybody. Really, so I think Mephisto is the to better. Be Ultron. <laughs> well, we could talk about that too. Um, yes, but I, I like I said, I think I think Hayward's gonna be Mephisto too. I mean. He's rich, he's white, he's the head of a government organization, he's the devil. Like, what do you expect? Um, <laughs> but no, like, coming to the end, we get to the after credits of the episode, and we'll backtrack oh, here yeah. in a second, but the after credits of the episode, we see Hayward doing his governmental, like, uh, wishy-washy stuff, and they basically tell him to, like, activate Project Cataract or something like that. Like, that's the entire project that has been, like, mystery the entire show. Mm-hmm. But it pans over... And we see the Vision's body, but like white Vision. So he's all white. Right. He's not. He's not like the multicolored self or the gray self he was or anything like that. He's an all white version of Vision. 
and because Wanda used her powers on the drone that she tossed out of the at them like whenever she left the bubble briefly, they used the whatever residual power was in the drone to reactivate the Vision's body without the time mm-hmm. without the Mind Stone. So they activate Vision, this new this new version of Vision, who a lot of people think. And you've said this years and years and years ago, so you kind of made this oh, like God, prediction yes. years ago. And if it's true, you should be very happy. But a lot of people are thinking that maybe um, in Age of Ultron, when Vision and Ultron were like choking each other out, and they, Vision was trying to lock him out of the network, that while Ultra, that while Vision was doing that, Ultron placed like a little copy of himself somewhere deep in Vision's memory that he couldn't like find, and this could be like the start of maybe bringing Ultron back. I've said it on this podcast numerous times. Ultron is one of my favorite all-time villains. And I very much liked Age of Ultron, but I kind of feel like they did him dirty. I feel like there was many more layers to Ultron. And I told you what I wanted to see at the end of Infinity War there should have been another after credit scene, which Marvel always does the after credits, so this couldn't have been out at Farfetch'd. Yeah. They would have showed, you know, Vision laying there dead with the hole ripped in his forehead where Thanos took the Mind Stone, and you see some sparks fly out of that hole, and his eyes go red, and you hear James Spader's voice sing the line from Pinocchio, There are no strings on me. I would have shit my pants in the movie theater had that happened. That would have been But awesome. it didn't. It would have been cool. It would, it would have been, been cool. cool. But I yeah, but but maybe we're getting that now I with mean, white vision. It could be because the entire like the whole like visions of or vision's body was meant to be all strong. We all know that. But yes. it can't work without the mind stone. When the mind stone was taken, all of vision was destroyed and it is no longer active. But since Vision no longer, this body no longer has the Mind Stone. The mm-hmm. idea was Ultron, Jarvis, Tony, Banner, everybody, like the Stone, all all bound together to make this new character known as right. Vision, the righteous character. Without the Mind Stone influencing thing, it could be maybe a bringing back of Ultron, or it could be a whole new villain altogether. I've we were talking about a couple of days ago, and you mentioned like White Vision is a thing in the comics, and I was yes. like, yeah, I don't know anything about him. I didn't see any. I didn't see anything about him when I was a kid, but he's a thing in the comic books, and he's not—he's not, he's not uh, a—he's not a good person. He's like very much like the anti-vision. Like he hates everything. He's evil. He's destructive. He's all about killing. I used to play the Avengers arcade game all the time, and Vision's on there, and uh, White Vision is not. So I actually had to do a little research on White Vision, and I found out he's a thing because a friend of mine. Uh, posted a picture they have a you know me and toys they have a marvel legends of the white vision it's an older one and he was so excited he's like i have this it's gonna go <laughs> up in price now and i'm like oh not, okay wow <laughs> yeah i'm like wow okay uh so apparently white vision was always a thing long before we saw him introduced in the after credit scenes of wandavision so, yeah, White Vision. Let's see what he turns out to be. Is he good? Is he bad? Is he Ultron? Is he Vision? Who knows? 
I've I, I've been doing a lot of like fan, reading fan theories about like what the last episode is going to entail, like what people are looking forward to in mm-hmm. the last episode. And one of the big things people are looking forward to is maybe White Vision goes into the hex, and uh, we know Vision is flying through the air trying to get back to the town to re uh, to regroup with Wanda and be like, hey, what's the fuck is going on? Maybe what's going to happen is uh, Wanda has like a little fight with Agatha, and while she's fighting Agatha, White Vision fights regular Vision, and we have like an epic Vision on Vision battle kind of thing. Going Ooh, on. That would be cool. Stop Vision on Vision crime. <laughs> but like, so like we one of the things we learned was okay, so there's a, the white the Hayward had his body the whole time. Where did the new Where did the Vision come from the show? Wanda had the ability to create vision like she, like she created like the boys she created like everything in the town like she manipulated everything but she created this new vision out of her own power like it's not like anything that was manipulated so that's an interesting thing to it it also means like it, she is more powerful than everybody thinks she is and that's that's kind of like the conclusion that Agatha comes to and the scene ends the, the entire episode ends with her floating in her purple baller gown um with like magical ropes tied around the boys' throats, and we get the final mm-hmm. scene of like you are the Scarlet Witch, and then it cuts, and I'm like, oh shit, they fucking said it. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to the last episode. I'm looking forward to see what they're gonna do. Um, if they have a secret last last tenth episode, that would be fine, I guess. You know, that'd be cool, I suppose. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing what they're gonna do. Um, Me too. Me too. Did do you think? So, one of the things we saw in this episode, we're, we're almost out of time, but one of the things we almost saw in this episode was um, when Wanda got in the car and was driving uh, after she saw the Vision's body, there was like a little map that was in the car, and it was like a map to this house where they're living in in um, WandaVision, and it was basically like a place for us to retire, a place for us to grow old together, or something like that, and she drives when it's just like a busted up foundation, not even a house sitting there. Like, do you do you think they like talked about it, or was that like a surprise? Did she think she like found that in Vision's like room or some shit like that, or do you think that was their plan all along that that was going to happen? So I don't know if it's something that they talked about together ahead of time, or it's something Vision has in surprise for her. But I think the ultimate goal was the two of them were trying to get away together and live a normal life in the suburbs of New Jersey in a place called Westview in this house uh, middle class house and not be a part of the Avengers anymore and just live a normal life because neither one of them had ever lived a normal life and that's what they wanted that was the goal and I got emotional at that part I did that part made me very emotional I gotta be honest Um, with you I was was watching over the weekend I was watching Endgame again and when I was watching it, and I watched like parts of Infinity War, the the relationship that Wanda and Vision have together, it's probably like the best relationship in the MCU. Like it may it may be the best relationship. I don't know. I guess Hawkeye and his wife is a close second because that's a little emotional sometimes because you can see how much that he loves her. Mm-hmm. But like Wanda and Vision, that's like the one of the most unique and like uh, like honest relationships that exist in that whole thing. So. I don't know. I'm looking forward to it, though. Yeah. All right, we are on to WandaVision, the final episode, aptly titled 
the series finale. I kind of like I've been enjoying a lot of the just the episode names in this uh, in this series because they've been all like TV related. They, that's right. kind of what they've been. Um, but this we we come to it. This is the last one. I don't know what what do you what do you think about this episode? How did you feel about it? I, so I watched it twice. Actually, we have it on right now. A yeah, third I've, got time. On, I've got it on mute right now. So, so this is the third time I've ever seen it. Um, the first time I watched it, I was... I don't want to say... I loved it. I loved the episode. But I was disappointed because I kind of wanted... <clears throat> I kind of wanted that big reveal. I wanted that surprise. Like we got in Mandalorian, the finale, when Luke Skywalker showed up yeah. and everybody's fucking heads exploded. Well... I I expected that in this episode, and I mean, spoiler. Did we say spoilers? Spoilers. Spoiler alert. If we don't seen... get that. Yeah, this is this. I'll be honest with you. I liked a lot of what was going on in the episode, but there's just something disappointing about it. Oh, I was being not disappointed. I, I I that's what I'm getting at. When I first watched it, I'm like, okay. When is fucking Doctor Strange going to show up? When is Reed Richards going to show up? When is Ultron going to show up? I wanted one of those like to show up. Yeah. And they never did. And it was like kind of disappointing. Like, like fucking Mephisto. Where's, when's he going to show up? You know, I wanted one of those big reveals. And I was disappointed that I didn't get it. Well, here's the but thing. Then, like- but then, let me finish. I watched it the second time. And, 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 I, and I reflected on it. And I, and I thought about it a little bit more. And I'm okay with it. And I bawled like a baby both times. So sad. Very emotional. So, and I'm an emotional person. I'm not afraid to admit that here. I got... You feel your feelings. Oh, I, my feelings are out there. I've always been that way. And I did it again with this show. I'm crying like a baby. I'm watching it with my wife. And we're just both of us bawling. Oh. It's... I, I will agree... I would agree with you. I'm fine with the fact that the actual episode itself didn't include like that pull of like, oh, here's Doctor Strange or here's Ultron or something like that. But what I was looking for was an end credit scene that led into that. They have two end credit scenes mm-hmm. in this episode. They're cool. Well, I liked them both. The first one sucked. I'm gonna be honest with you. The first what? one, I didn't like it. The like scroll. It. Fuck the scroll. Secret War. Fuck We're gonna get Secret War. Okay, man. but I'm. I don't need to. I don't need all these end credit scenes with the scroll. The scroll. The scroll. We got the end credit scene in Spider-Man: Far From Home, where it revealed that Nick Fury and Robin from How I Met Your Mother. I don't. I can't remember the actress's Colby name. Colby Smolders. Yes. Love they her. Are, well, she's great. I just can never remember her name. Um. It turns out they aren't really. Like them, they were the, the scroll in like shape shifted form. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then they did it again here, and I'm like, that's boring. Like it didn't tell me anything. It told it. It didn't tease anything. It didn't tell me anything. All it teased was they're gonna make a Captain Marvel two. That's all it teased, and they're gonna go into that. That's I, all it teased I, for me. And here's the thing, because it didn't do anything. All I just, I just really want the, the Secret War storyline. Which revolves around the scroll. That's fine. I but, want to see that but we don't on need, TV. But we don't need the next ten TV shows and the next four movies be like the the uh, end credit scene is another scroll mode and another scroll mode and another scroll mode. We've already had one. Great. Give me like a better end credit scene that teases like the Spider Man stuff that that everybody <sighs> everybody was talking about this 
for everybody made predictions. And okay, it's not Disney's fault. I'm not going to say it's Disney's fault that they did this, but everybody made predictions. Everybody was thinking like, oh, you know, it's going to lead into the the multiverse of madness stuff and Doctor yeah, Strange yeah. and Spider Man, and that's I what ev- portals. And that's what everybody was looking for. And then it's like, oh, turns out this secret agent is a scroll. And she said, he needs you. And she points at the sky, and I'm like. That was boring as fuck. It's Fury. It was. There. It was. I know who it is. Yeah. I don't need. I don't. I don't need that though. That's my point. Is I don't need that. And I was. Exp- I wanted even just a scene where like they like a t- thirty second scene where they pan over and it's Doctor Strange flipping through a book and he's talking to uh, what's what's the funny Asian dude's uh, his, oh, his Jimmy Woo. Yeah, J- yeah. When he's talking to Woo and they, and they just have like a thirty second scene where he's flipping through a book and they're like. They, then they just say something that alludes to like the next movies, and that would have been enough for me. But instead, they had Monica going into the theater, and then the lady transforming into another fucking scroll. Is everybody a fucking scroll at this point? That's the whole point of Secret War. <laughs> the scroll absolutely infiltrate the planet. That's fine. And you don't now in in Secret War they were they were bad. They were the villains. Yeah. At the the kind of the twist on Cap- the Captain Marvel movie was they're not really bad. They're misunderstood. They're misunderstood, right? So they're kind of like our allies now. A little bit. I mean, so yeah. far they have been. I mean, they're working with Nick Fury. They're working so, with yeah, yeah, Nick Fury is pretty good. I mean, so. do they do they have an ulterior motive? Are there going to be like evil rogue scroll? Maybe I, I imagine there will. Yeah, be. Yeah. Okay. I just was expecting something that would allude into like what what everybody wanted. They wanted to see a scene because this whole show deals with magic. This whole show is the magic yes. show. I, the magic I, show. I think that it's it was a missed opportunity to not include a scene with Doctor Strange. Even like a 30 second scene, an end credit scene with Doctor Strange. I'm going to suck your dick for a minute here. I'm going to give you credit because it was after the first or maybe second episode of WandaVision. You made a call on this very podcast. You were like, if this is such a big fucking deal, where the fuck are the Avengers? Yes. You were like... You got sword. You got the FBI. You got the Department of Defense. You not to mention you like, got a big fucking you, magic bubble. You got you've got you've got all these people kidnapped, and you've got all these agencies working together. Uh, why doesn't fucking one Avenger show? Why don't they send motherfucking Hawkeye? You know, yeah. at least send him. <laughs> he ain't gonna do shit. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> it, it would have all been worth it if they would have just given me one end credit scene that involved one of the other Avengers. That would have been all all been worth it if they just gave me one to know that they are aware of what's going on, but they're dealing with other issues. Like I said, a Doctor Strange scene where he's investigating things that are going on or whatever. Like that's that would have made it all better. But instead, we got that. Now the. We're getting ahead of our series, but the final end credit scene, we'll talk about that in a bit, but that was, it was, pre- it was pretty cool. Like, it, it was, a, it was an, it was a very end of the show kind of scene to show, show that Wanda's like, there's something going on with her. She's like, she's getting to some dark shit at the moment, so. So, y- you hear in the background, she, she could astro project, project like Doctor Strange can. Now, yes. So, so she was sitting there, her physical self was sitting there just enjoying some tea, that the kettle was going off, yeah. and she walked up, sitting on, sitting but, in like a cabin, but on a. Plateau. Her other self was reading the was the book of the damned called. I forget what the, I can't remember. What they yeah, called. she was reading and learning more, and she said that when she left Westbrook, she's like, "I'm going to understand this power," and that's what she's doing. She's trying to understand the power. But you hear in the background, this is the cool thing: her kids 
you hear them say, Mom, help, Mom, help. And I hate to speculate this, because we've been fucking speculating this for weeks. For weeks. But I'm thinking Mephisto, right? Because I'm thinking... Well, Agatha, it has to be Mephisto because Agatha Harkness. Because Agatha Harkness. It has to be. But we didn't see him at all. No. And in the comics, he created Tommy and Billy. It was a it was a nightmare thing to do it to get Wanda, yeah, and which is uh, Speed and Wiccan, which is who they become later on in the comics. So I'm thinking, go with me here. When Agatha says, when she's defeated at the end of the episode, when she says to Wanda, "You don't know what you've done," because she took her powers, yeah, like. Agatha has no power now. Wanda has it all, which is kind of scary to think it about. It is. She was already she, fucking strong. She's already fucking, yeah, now she's got this. She says, you don't know what you've done. You're going to need me. You're going to need me. And she goes, I'll know where to find you. I think, my theory is, Mephisto was locked up by Agatha. She had him imprisoned somewhere by her magic. When her magic was taken from her, he's now freed. And he is crea- recreating her children to get to her. And we're going to see that in future. It, it could be. It very much could be. That's I my was, theory. I, I, I've been way wrong this whole we're kinda, show. We're kind of working backwards in the show. We're talking about the end and it, going it, it backwards. It doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah, matter. It doesn't really matter. What I was hoping for whenever uh, she told Monica, I'm going to understand this power, what mm-hmm. I have, and right. she flew away. That's the point where I was hoping for, oh, awesome. We're going to get an end credit scene where she goes to the Master of the Mystic Arts. She, she knows who Doctor Strange is. She's going to go to Doctor Strange. She and knows. Conf- she worked with him. Exactly. Yeah. She, she's going to go to the other magic person she fucking fought with and talk to him. At, at the first. They, may not work, put- they may not work together. And the Doctor Strange may say you're an evil entity or something like that. But at the very least, put fucking Benedict Cumberbatch in. I, I would have been happy with Wong at this point. <laughs> I would have been happy with Wong. I love Wong. I, I love I love Wong. Wong so much. I would, I would that would have done it for me too. That would have at the very least done it for me. Like, but they we didn't get any of that. No. None of that. Um, so White Vision, White Vision, he's he's going to become Vision, right? I, I imagine he. He must. said, "I'm Vision." And he flies away. We never. Well, see like him again. The, we have this. We have this awesome. We, we talk about it. there's a big battle that's going on right now. It's Wanda versus Agatha, right? And then White Vision comes into the mix, and then uh, the Vision that was created by Wanda comes to the mix, and now we've got Agatha versus Wanda. We got White Vision, regular Vision, up in the fucking sky, right. just doing their superhero shenanigans and everything like that. And then we've got the kids fighting the military because Wanda at some point we're watching the scene right now at some point she's trying to close the bubble because Agatha tricks her and and frees all the people's minds and shows Wanda how guilty she must be because she's fucking people and so she closes it enough that the sword ate the bad sword guys drive in and so now it's the kids fighting the sword guys and then Monica is Quicksilver has Monica uh Quicksilver in quotes has Monica like in his room, but we find out that he's just another person that lived in this town. Who I have got a theory on that. By Agatha, I have a theory on that. Go ahead, because here, because here's the thing. Uh, I'll get to your theory in a second. But when I was seeing that scene, I was like, it kind of disappointed me a little bit. I'm not gonna lie to you, because I was thinking about. It, I was like, I would have preferred it if it had been the Evan Peters we know from the right. X Men universe pulled into the universe. But it's like. Almost like she pulled like his mind from the different universe and put it in this kid's mind, like his alternate version. Here's my theory. Here's my theory. Because I was kind of disappointed when I first saw that. I'm like, wait a minute. He's not Peter Maximoff? Yeah. The Peter Maximoff from the X-Men universe that we've seen that version of Quicksilver? 
because there's Peter Maximoff and Pietro Maximoff yeah. that exist in different universes, and we, we talked about this in, in nauseum on another podcast, but I was kind of disappointed. I'm like, Ralph Boner? He's like, <laughs> like, ni- like, like nice. He's just, <laughs> like, I love that actor yeah, so much. He's yeah. so funny. So I'm like, Ralph Boner? Like, is this just some guy that she's pretending to be? So here's my theory on this. It really is Peter Maximoff pretending to be Ralph Boner. Because the the name Ralph Boner is such a fake name that he totally would have picked to begin with anyway. Do you remember in one of the earlier episodes, Agent Wu is talking to Monica. And she goes, well, why is the FBI involved? He goes, well, we had a... uh, 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 What's it called when you uh, missing person? No, it wasn't a missing person. It was a uh, um when 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 some uh, they put somebody to hide. Oh, like, like a, a, a protective services. Prote- like a, yeah, what's like it a, called? Um, I I know fuck, I'm drawing about. a blank. I thought about it before I came here. Um, it's a witness protection. Yes, witness protection. Witness. Pro- I couldn't think of it. They, the reason the FBI was there is because someone living in Westbrook, New Jersey was in their witness protection I forgot about, program. I forgot about that. So we never found out who the witness protection program person was. Somehow, this is my theory, could be way off. I've, I've been wrong this whole show. So <laughs> We have both so, been wrong so much. So I'm thinking Peter Maximoff from the X-Men universe somehow came to this alternate universe and they put him in the witness protection program, changed his name, to Ralph Boner and hid him in Westfield. But why? I don't fucking know Witness why. protection program is for people who witness a crime. And this is... No, if, it's for people they're trying to protect. But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. If it is uh, Peter... If it is Quicksilver from the X-Men universe, why does he need protection? He's fucking Quicksilver. It's what does he need protection to from? To hide him from stronger beings that want to utilize his power. From... I don't know, fucking Magneto. I don't know. Here's the thing. Here's the, here. When, when we think of, I, I'm not gonna. I, I hate to poo-poo your your theory, but when we think of Quicksilver from the X Men universe, he was always a delinquent. He's funny. He's great, but he's always a delinquent. He loved doing crimes. He loved stealing shit. Do you think his first thought would be to go to the FBI? Would that but be his first kinda, fucking thought? For all we know, there could be a backstory. I'm thinking. I don't know how I want to theorize it. I'm thinking that this is. This is just an alternate version. Like, we're talking about dimensions. So in this dimension over here, we've got people. In this dimension over here, we've got peop- the same people, but like an alternate version of them. Like, alternate dimensions. So I'm thinking maybe this dude is actually, like, the alternate version of Quicksilver from the X-Men universe. And maybe the way that they incorporate those people into this universe is, like, they find their counterparts in the other dimension. Their minds get zapped into their counterparts or whatever. I don't right. know. It could be something like that. Because, obviously, I'm not going to say obviously, but it seems like, from what we can understand as of right now, the facts are, that's not the Quicksilver. But he could be. Who knows? Um, vision on Vision Fight is fucking badass. Uh, the vision that Wanda created actually convinces the White Vision to to not kill Wanda and himself. He he basically does the old like computer trick of like tricking a computer like to overload and shit like that. And he basically explains like his programming is to to kill Wanda kill Vision. It, it, to kill Wanda. Well, your Vision. He's like he's to kill Wanda and to kill Vision and yeah, that's his whole point. But our vision that we know and love that Wanda created in the show, he's like if you he's using like I can't remember the they call it, but it's like the ship. 
thing where it's oh, like the if ship you, of Theseus. Yes, if you that's were, a real thing. I know it's a real thing. I just couldn't remember the it's name. Fascinating. Of it was. It's fascinating. If you were, if you keep replacing, it's it, it's for everything. It's for people. It's for cars. It doesn't matter but, what it is. But it's if yeah. you keep replacing the parts and you replace every single part, you have the original thing. And that's what he how he, he tricks the computer brain is programmed into. He's like, I'm not Vision. I'm a manifestation of that one created of Vision. I'm not. I'm, I don't even have the same memories of that vision so i'm yeah. not vision and you're not vision you're not you're you're vision but you're not really vision it reminded me vision of like, doesn't exist anymore it, it reminded me of like a good place conversation it was yeah. like theoretical <laughs> ethics yeah which is the ship of theseus is talked about because is it the ship of theseus if every board and plank has been changed exactly. since the time of theseus is it still the ship and and they have this like metaphysical like Con- like very abstract conversation yeah and he almost like overloads his brain and then convinces him like oh he yeah. convinces him basically Shit, you're fucking right he convinces him like they they stop fighting and they're talking and he white vision allows vision to unlock the his old memories he still has the memories of everything he's done since age of ultron right he just is not the same personality and so he allows him to unlock the memories and he realizes i am vision but he's not like he's still not our vision he just has the memories, so he flies away. He's he probably flies away to figure out himself to see what's going on because right. he doesn't have the mind stone still. He still he still doesn't have that, so he's not technically well, our nobody vision. Nobody has the mind stone. It's destroyed. Yeah, but that's my point. That's what that's part of what made Vision up was he is a combination of the mind stone, Tony Stark, Bruce Banner, Jarvis, Ultron. They all formed up to make Vision. Without the mind stone, what is this new Vision? He has the memories, but is he our Vision? That's the big question that they're going to have to answer. But after he does that, White Vision flies away. We don't see him again. So I was expecting maybe more from him. But Kristen he... was mad. She wanted White Vision to come back, and we never see him again <laughs> the rest of the episode. But we're going to see him in the future. We will. In, in a future movie or a future Bet. TV show. We well, Obviously, they're not going to include him and then make him disappear for the rest of the uh, MCU. Um, so you think, do you think then the next big baddie of the next generation of the Marvel Universe, do you think it's Mephisto is the next big baddie? Because I've been no, thinking, because I've been no. thinking, because I've been thinking about, so the first, we're on, we're in the second generation of the MCU right now. Right. The first generation was Thanos. I was thinking, because they're trying to incorporate Fantastic Four and they're trying to incorporate all the X-Men say stuff. Say what I want to say. I was thinking Galactus. Oh. I was thinking, because, well... Silver Surfer, Silver Surfer's involved in that too, and everything yeah, like that. But yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking Galactus. they might because they already have space stuff and they already have all this stuff going on. I was thinking it would be interesting to see a good version of Galactus. We saw a shit version in Fantastic Four too, years and years and years ago, when they brought the Silver Surfer in. I was thinking that maybe the next generation, the next. 15, 10, 15, 20 years of movies is going to lead up to maybe Galactus. Galactus is the same kind of being that Dormammu was. They're, uh, aren't they? He, he's an eater of planets. He he goes around eating planets. But they're... They, uh, I don't know the details of what Galactus is. Okay. I just know he absorbs and he, he eats planets. Like Silver Surfer... Silver Surfer is like an entity that is like agent that goes ahead of him to like maybe scout things out or whatever to right. see if that's a viable planet for Galactus to absorb minerals from and, and energy from. And then Galactus follows Silver Surfer to the planet to basically destroy it and eat it and all that other nonsense. So I was hoping maybe it'd be like a Galactus could be, sort of thing. Could be. I'm thinking more. I was thinking Modok. Could be that too. Big headed guy in the flying chair. They're doing a Modok uh, cartoon. Oh, they are. You didn't see that? No. They're doing like a silly, like a um, 
like a robot chicken style animation kind of oh, thing. Oh, really? And Pat Oswalt, it's like a comedy kind of thing, and it's like Pat Oswalt does the voice of Modok. Oh. They're doing they're doing something like that. I don't well, think it's I don't, I don't think, think it's going to be connected to the MCU. I don't per think se. it's going to be connected either. It's like a one off thing, but yeah, they're doing a Modok. So maybe maybe they're trying to introduce people to the idea of Modok, and then be like, "This is the real fucking Modok." Hmm. Could be that too. There's there's endless numbers of different people. It could be. There's endless number of different villains. I it want be. it to be Ultron. You, I think, I think we're gonna see Ultron again in the future. I what think we will. Victor Von Doom. I mean, he has to, if they're gonna bring Fantastic Four, he has to be in. He has to be involved. He becomes the next Iron Man in the comics. You know that, right? I did not know that. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I. I don't look into the comics as much as I would like. So to. after Tony Stark dies. Uh, the Invincible Iron Man, I think is some, something along those lines. Uh, Dr. Victor Von Doom takes over as the next. Because he's a pretty fucking smart dude, too. Yeah. Like, he's up there with Bruce Banner, Tony Stark, Reed Richards, as, like, the smartest people yes, he existing is. in the universe. And he was a villain, but he he's like the Loki, like... Sometimes I suck. Sometimes he's, he's, he's okay. kind of like Magneto, is what he is. Yeah, he's like yeah, Magneto, where like yeah. he's a villain sometimes, but sometimes you know he's he's not. So, um, what's I was thinking about this the other day. What's really interesting is what we're getting into is. So we've had like what almost fifteen years of Marvel movies, almost yeah. um, fifteen years of Marvel movies, and well, they're MCU, still, MCU, yes, yeah. and they're still going, which means we could potentially have. 20, 30, 40 more years of Marvel movies and TV shows to come, which means they're going to be... It's basically like reading like a comic book generation that we're viewing with our eyes like on the TV screen. Right, right. So it's interesting. They can do tons of things. Like, I was thinking about this. So Tony Stark has a daughter. Mm-hmm. I was thinking... Ironheart. Yes. There, I was thinking that. I was thinking that... That happens in the comics. Yes, Ironheart. I, but I was thinking in like 20 yeah. years, when that same act, little girl grows up, they're going to be like, hey... Why don't you, they, they don't have to do it, I understand, but it, like, it would be cool if that same little girl, the same actress that played Tony Stark's daughter in Avengers Morgan, grows up. Morgan Stark in the comics becomes Ironheart. Yeah. And I, I think they're doing Ironheart, but I think it's a different uh, actress. I think, I think it would be cool if they waited like 20 years. Like 15, 20 okay. years. Like 15 years. And then they do an Ironheart movie. You know, before Tony died, he made her a fucking suit. A little He probably suit. made her each suit. as He probably has a suit for her each year. Like there, was, there was apparently a scene they wanted to include. I, I've talked about before. They wanted to include in Endgame for when Tony snapped his fingers. Because like when, when Thanos snapped his fingers, he went to that other world and he saw Gamora as a little girl and it was like kind of a, met, a metaphysical, kind of yeah. like spiritual experience that he had with it. There was supposed to be, from what I, from what I, maybe I'm wrong, but there's supposed to be a scene where when Tony Stark snapped his finger, he saw Morgan as an adult. Oh. And basically to like show that she's going to be like a future iron person, iron heart, whatever. There was so, heart, yeah. But, the, but there was so much in the movie that they were like, that's going to be too confusing. We're not even going to include that shit. So maybe. There's so much of it coming. So much fucking shit coming. Um, so here's... We, I, did, we didn't talk about how Wanda, Wanda beat Agatha either. Like That's like kind of the big thing. That's like the last thing we need to talk she about. She took her powers from her, yeah. Yeah, she, so we knew in um, the second to last episode that 
Wanda couldn't use her powers because she was in and the dungeon area that had all the runes on there, and only the witch that cast the, the runes could use their powers, and yeah. no other witch could use it. So Wanda does this thing where they're flying around the air, and she keeps throwing her magic bolts at her, and Agatha absorbs the power whenever she hits her. But every now and then she misses. She throws it at like the borders of the hex world. Mm-hmm. And what we find out is when she throws basically we think Wanda's going to die at this point like mm-hmm. she's she's all like grayed out she's no energy left and everything like that and then Agatha tries to do like one final blast on her and she's got no powers and it pans out and you see across the hex one has been throwing her bolts to make the patterns of the runes on the borders of the walls so now basically she can't use her powers and Wanda gets her powers back or whatever and then she ends up absorbing all of Agatha's powers and this is the scene we get where we're watching right now where we finally get the Scarlet Witch costume they've been teasing for a while it's finally the Scarlet Witch has been born fucking red eyes fucking that little crown on her head but it's amazing it looks really fucking cool um and she basically casts like her little mind spell on Agatha and turns her back into like the nosy neighbor from the TV shows, yeah. and is basically saying, "You were forced to stay here. I'm not going to kill you. Your prison is to stay here, basically." And that's what we were t- you were saying earlier. If I need you, I know where to find you. Which yeah, means Elizabeth Olsen is such a babe. She is. He's, she is fucking awesome. <laughs> I, have, I have a crush on her so much. Oh my god, I, right. I have such I a crush on her. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of the end of it. Uh, it was a good episode. It didn't give everything that i wanted that's not disney's fault it was all it was the fault of it was fault of us for speculating what we wanted when mandalorian we knew somebody was coming we talked about on this podcast when grogu sent out the beacon to to a jedi we were all talking who's it gonna be is it gonna be ahsoka is it going to be... Who else were we saying? You're uh, saying uh, somebody said Mace Windu. Somebody Mace said Windu, a bunch right. of the other Jedi that right. are still alive. Uh, Ezra Bridger, uh, the uh, guy from the video game. Can't remember the name off the top of my head. Okay, so, uh, and I said, oh, it's got to be Luke, right? It's got to be Luke. And you were poo-pooing that. And, I thought it was a But, that, but then when it was thing. Luke, I, I, it was so fucking awesome. It was so fucking awesome. Oh, it, was here's bad the thing. it was badass. But here's I'm the thing. Lie. Yeah, but here's the thing. Everybody was speculating, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? They gave us Luke. The same thing happened for this episode. Everybody on the internet was like, who's it going to be? It's going to be Doctor Strange. It's going to be fucking Spider-Man. It's going to be Ultron. It's going to be Mephisto. Who's going to show up? Who's going to be the big reveal? It's going to be Reed Richards. It's going to be Ben Grimm. Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? It, it was fucking nobody. And that's a good twist. You know what? I just thought about this two seconds ago. It wasn't nobody. They did give us a big reveal. You know who the reveal is? The Scarlet Witch. Uh, yeah. The Scarlet Witch. Before it was just Wanda Maximoff trying to do her best. Now it's a Scarlet Witch who could actually be a potential for a future film. We're talking about Galactus and, and Modok and Mephisto, but for all we know, Scarlet Witch could be a, the future villain. Yeah, could be. We don't know. Could be, but they but they gave but they didn't give us that one I know, I know that everybody mean, yes. wanted. And at first, I was disappointed that we didn't get that, and now I'm okay with it. But at the same time, now that Disney and Marvel owns all of it, Spider-Man, X-Men, I want it all to come together. I remember in 2008 when Iron Man 1 dropped. Still holds up to this day if you go back and watch that movie. The scene where Tony Stark is trapped in a cave and the terrorists have him. Clang! Clang! Back then... I wanted a motherfucking portal to open up. Back <laughs> you then, and your fucking portals. I love portals. I wanted Tobey Maguire Spider-Man and Hugh Jackman Wolverine to show up and Tony and, and Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man and the three of them to fucking 
make waste to all the terrorists. That would have been kick-ass back then. So I, I still want all of this. Uh, I still I, want all of this. Can I ask you a question? What? Do you own stock in portals? Are you trying to send it to the moon? Do you own stock in portals? portals. <laughs> I want <laughs> portals. <laughs> what a great show. We didn't deserve this show. It was that good. The last thing to talk about with the show is the very end of the show when they take the kids, they put the kid, the boys to bed, mm-hmm. and it's just those two talking in the living room and she's closing the bubble. bubble. We can see it coming in, coming directly to the house, and it's it Paul Bentley. Yeah. Fucking amazing. This great. Dude. The great. lines they feed him, he delivers every yes. single time there's an emotional line or a philosophical yes. line or a poetic line. They feed him these lines and they are so amazing. From Age of Ultron to Infinity uh, Infinity War, every every single time I watch a scene where Vision looks at Wanda and says, It shouldn't be you but it has to be you, and I'm sorry it's you. And he and she's destroying the the Mind Stone, and he's feeling the pain. And you can, if you have the subtitles on, you can't really hear it, but you can see Paul Bentley saying, "It's okay, it's okay." Trying to reassure Wanda, "It's okay, I just feel you," which is their thing that they always say all the time, which is like their "I love you." He's like, "I just feel you." It's okay. Paul Bentley knocks it out of the park every fucking time. Yeah. It's so amazing, and the, he has another emotional scene where he's talking to Wanda, and they just have like their little heart to heart goodbye. And he kind of alludes to the fact of this really isn't like we said goodbye before. We're going to say hello again. And it's just like just tears rolls down your eye because just mm-hmm. he delivers so well. And Elizabeth Olsen is great, too. She, she delivers, too. But Paul Bentley, he's like a fucking poet. I'm sorry. He kind of is. He, he should win an Oscar just for his performance of Vision. Like if 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 the if, if people could get beyond the fact that it's superheroes and costumes, if fucking uh, It'd be a uh Bill, Globe. If fucking Bill Maher Gold or whatever, Globe, not an Oscar because it's Globe, not a movie. Yeah. Fucking give a shit. Okay. But he was in a movie. Fuck it. He was in movies. Fuck him. Okay. Uh, but if Bill Maher and people like that can get beyond the fact that you know, oh, it's superheroes wearing capes stuff like that, if they just paid attention to the story and the acting, mm-hmm. there's a lot. Of, there's great dialogue and amazing fucking story and emotion. It's so good. It's so fucking. The scene good. it's on right now is when they put the kids to bed. I was I was a blubbering mess at yeah. this part at this scene. Oh, how how fantastic it was! So good. We we didn't mention Cat Dennings was in this fucking episode in one goddamn scene when she drives the truck into the uh, Haywood's car when he's trying to make us escape. She's already going to be in Thor. I know. Lo- Lo- Love and Thunder. I was hoping to see more of her involved in this episode, but she ma- she appears for like two seconds and then leaves. So all in all, great show. Amazing show. I'm gonna miss it. it. Well, you know what? We got Falcon and Winter Soldier in two weeks. Yeah, buddy. All right, it is that time for the show. Course of Cinema. Uh, yeah. Course Cinema. I I I think I went first last time. I think so. I can go first this time. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you go first? So this you time? gave me a uh, you gave me a film that is. Yeah. I don't know. It's different. It was different. You gave me the film called Ghost Town. Yes. Do you have the? Uh, Internet Movie Database pulled up. Uh, I can can pull it up real quick. Okay, so it's a romantic comedy. You you gave me a rom-com. I don't watch many of them, but there's some I do. It depends on who's the actor. Who's the actor? So I really like Ricky Gervais. I very much do. I like his humor. He definitely has a a dry, sarcastic humor, which which I, I enjoy that. I like him. To me, he was the saving grace of this movie. He was hilarious in it. 
Other than that, I could take or leave this yeah. film. It's been a long time since I've seen yeah. it. I could take it or leave it. It was very average. Ricky Gervais was funny as hell, as usual. Um, but it was tired tropes. It was stuff we'd seen before. You know... <clears throat> Ricky Gervais can deliver. He can deliver something. He can very much deliver, and I, I like I very much like him. Just I I had trouble at times with this movie. There was some scenes. I feel like I wanted more from some of the stories of the so what happens in this film is uh Ricky Gervais is an asshole dentist. He's Ricky who, Gervais as a dentist. Yeah, basically. I mean, he he pretty much plays an asshole in every every role he does he's he's stereotyped he's He's typecast and that's okay because he plays it well but he goes in for a colonoscopy and uh apparently he dies but they bring him back after seven minutes and after he's brought back he has the ability to see dead people he pretty much sees ghosts all through new york and once the ghosts figure out that he can see them they like bother him because they need his help doing something. And one cool thing I thought, and I mean, it's, it's the same old story. Uh, ghosts are spirits who, who don't pass on because they have unfinished business. This was a little bit different. It's not that the ghosts themselves, the spirits themselves, had unfinished business. It's that they had something to do for those of us who were left. Yeah. Which I thought that was a cool little thing. So, at first he's just being a son of a bitch, and and then, he, then Greg Kinnear's character, who's a ghost, who comes to him, and it's this whole thing about his wife, who he treated like shit and cheated on when he was alive, is now getting remarried to some person who he claims is a bad guy, but he's not really a bad guy. Kind of a douchebag, but not yeah. really that bad. Bit of a fuckboy. And, and, yeah, a bit of a fuckboy. That's, that's, <laughs> that's it. But he's not a bad person. In fact, I think he was a relatively good person for all that he was trying to do. All these charities and save people. But yes, fuck boy for sure. But at any rate, why Ricky Gervais decides to help Greg Kinnear's ghost and not all the other spirits that he keeps giving the cold shoulder to that have legitimate things that he could have like... Like, that's a legitimate thing and it would have taken you two seconds to help them. But you got to do this stupid fucking thing for Greg Kinnear's ghost. That's not a good reason to do it, but it's gonna take the whole movie. Yeah, you know that was that was kind of obvious. And then toward the end, he realized, oh, I can help these people, so he does. And they do a real quick montage of him just going through and helping each individual ghost with their worldly issue that they had. Um, I didn't love the movie. Um, it was okay. I, I'm not against romantic comedies. I like rom-coms. But this one, I feel like they forced the romantic part too much. Yeah. It, it, it was a rom-com, and they forced it to be a rom-com. The whole Taylioni, Greg Kinnear, Ricky Gervais. And then Ricky Gervais and Taylioni kind of get together at the end of the movie. It's, it's left up ambiguously, but uh, you didn't need that. You didn't need that. You could have just stuck with more comedy. You could have gave more funny backstories, like the naked ghosts, like because you're <laughs> you're trapped. However, you died. The like Greg Kinnear got hit by a bus, and he was in a tuxedo the whole time. So the whole movie's in a tuxedo. There's another ghost who's who's naked the whole time because he died when he was naked. <laughs> like it, you just as a ghost, you appear in however yeah. you died. That was a fun little thing. But anyway, that was the movie. Um, I I never would have watched this. 
had you not given it to me for course of cinema. So I like a lot of Ricky Gervais stuff that he does. He a, a better movie than that. I don't know if you've seen *The Invention of Lying*. It's no. it's a better movie. It's basically if I can find, it, I'll use it in course of cinema. Okay. But it's basically a movie about the entire world exists, but there lying is not a thing. Like people cannot physically lie. The comp the 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 idea of lying doesn't play in anybody's head at all. And for some reason, Ricky Gervais plays a character that all of a sudden, he like his life is going to the shits. He's not he's not good looking. He's pudgy. You know all this other stuff. His life sucks. But all of a sudden, he's the only one on the planet that learns. I can lie. He never says lie because there's, that word doesn't exist in the world, but he says, I can say things that aren't real, basically. And everybody has to take everything he says as fact because they don't understand that he's not lying. Like, he could say, oh my god, there's you know spaceships in orbit that are, you know, looking to invade the planet. And people would freak out, like, oh my god, spaceships are in orbit, like, we're freaking out. It's, it's a really, that's a fun, much more fun movie than this one. Okay. Um, but I couldn't find that movie, but I'm going to see if I can find it somewhere else. Okay. Um, but yeah. Uh, the movie you gave me, yes, Shutter Island, yes, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Mark Ruffalo. I wanted you ben to go Kingsley. in blind. I wanted you to know nothing about this movie. I've heard of the movie, but I've never actually delved into like what it was about. Okay, did you did you start it without knowing anything? I did. Okay, I, did. I watched it today before you came over, and you know what? It's a great fucking movie, right? It's a great fucking movie. Right? Is what it is. <laughs> I love. I, one of one of my things I love is I love noir stuff. Mm-hmm. And this felt a little noir, like yeah. investigative kind of thing. So, but I also love psychological mystery thrillers, horror, like horror movies, stuff like that. And this is very much a psychological thriller kind of movie because you don't know what's going on. Um, remember when Jim Carrey was doing his like serious phase of acting and he yes. did like Truman Show and things like that? One of the movies I like that I will admit is not a great movie, but I like it for what it is, is number 23. It's this weird psychological math movie. Yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about. It's not a great movie. I didn't like it. But I enjoyed it because I loved like the psychological mm-hmm. thriller, like mystery aspect of what's going on. And that's what this is. Basically, Leonardo DiCaprio plays – it's in the 50s. It's after World War II. And Leonardo DiCaprio plays a um, marshal, a U.S. marshal, who is on this boat, on this ferry, going to this island with his new partner, played by Mark Ruffalo mm-hmm. – who, and they're trying to investigate. I love Mark Ruffalo. He's so good. I yeah. saw him and I was like, Mark Ruffalo's yeah, in this book? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and basically they're going to this island where there's a, it's basically an island, a mental institution mm-hmm. that's on an island. Right. So, and it's, it's kind of like that. And they're going there because there's a missing patient. They've reported that a patient has gone missing. They don't know how she got out. They don't know where she is. They can't find her. So he's going to like help investigate it. And, He's there. He has like ulterior motives for being there. Like in his brain, he's trying to actually find this other person who um, he says killed his wife because he was an arsonist and he like burned down their apartment building and killed his wife. And he's trying to find this person who has disappeared off the face of the earth. He doesn't know why. Um, so he gets there and he's in, trying to interview the the head of the island. He's trying to interview like the psychologist, the orderlies, the patients, and there's this big mystery involved in the island. They're, they're, they're not giving him the full story. And like one of the patients scribbles on his notepad and nobody's looking to run. So there's this idea that maybe the patients are being abused here. Maybe there's experimentation going on. Maybe there's, you know, they're dealing with lobotomies or lobotomizing a bunch of people. They're trying to um, experiment with mind control, with drugs and things like that. Which I was thinking about in this movie, and, and I've talked about this briefly when we were talking about um, uh, not Clear and, Clear and Present Danger. Was that the movie? Yeah, that was a movie. We were talking about like government conspiracies and things like that they do. 
like if you know anything about like after World War II, this is kind of shit that really happened. Like mm-hmm. the, like the, these kind of facilities existed on American soil where they got brought Nazi scientists over because they were worried that the Russians and the communists were experimenting with mind control. And because they were experimenting with mind control, we got to experiment with mind control. Yes. So that was like a whole big thing that actually happened. Right. It was really fucked up. So he thinks like something like that is going on, that they're, not everything's on the up and up. Um, he, uh, he ends up finding out, he ends up uh, finding out essentially that he, spoilers, this is the big twist of the movie. I kind of called this a little bit halfway Did through you? the movie. A little bit, yeah. I kind of because I saw it was a psychological horror, and I was like, I bet you he's that dude. He he's he um keeps making reference to this person. Um, his his name is Teddy Daniels, but his the reference to the person. What's his fucking name? Late latest, like Andrew Latest. Yeah, Andrew what, latest. I think is what the name is. Andrew Latest. He keeps making reference uh, to this patient, Andrew Latest. Like, where's this patient, Andrew Latest? Like, he's supposed to be here, and he's disappeared off the face of the earth and stuff like that. Turns out he is Andrew Latus. He yeah. is a patient at this facility. There's nothing. There's nothing sinister going on in the sign, as far as we know. There's nothing sinister going on. Turns out he is a patient, and he is a violent patient. Uh. He's an extremely violent patient. He really was a U.S. marshal. Um, the psychological element of it is every single time he falls asleep, he has nightmares about. You know, back being in World War Two and seeing dead bodies and then Nazis dying on the floor. And he keeps seeing, like, Jewish bodies that are, like, piled up. And he keeps seeing, like, this little girl's face and this one woman's face. And this woman, this blonde woman, who is ideally we know of as her, his wife, constantly comes to him in his dreams. And is trying to tell him to get out of here leave. And we see this little girl all the time. Turns out the little girl is his daughter. And we know the blonde woman is his wife. What happens is... What a twist. Is, yeah, it's a, very, it's a big twist. He is a U.S. Marshal, and he's very neglectful to his wife. He's a bit of an alcoholic. He's not abusive, as far as I know, but he's, he's, he's just neglectful. He, he and the spends wife all his time had traveling. mental illness. Yes, she, she turns out the arsonist involved at the burn the last apartment building. She burned down the apartment yeah. building. And, like, maybe a suicide attempt or something like that. We don't know. But he comes home from, like, a week-long trip. He's off the con- country trying to track some criminal down or something right. like that. He comes home. They live on a lake house. Turns out, he walks out the back door and sees his wife on the back patio, yeah. like like on the swing uh, that's built in the yard, and she walks up to him, and she's covered, she's just drenched, just dripping water, and he's like, where's the kids, honey? Like, where's the kids? Oh, they're off to school. He's like, it's Saturday, honey. The school's not in. Where are the kids? And he looks over in the water, and he sees three bodies mm-hmm. floating in the water. She drowned her children. Yeah. And... This is what I said when we were that Western movie that you had me watch, uh, The Quick and Quick the, Dead. the Dead. Leonardo uh, DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio is a born actor. Oh my God, he's great. He's amazing. Yes. Mark Ruffalo is amazing. The Ben King is amazing. But, but Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio, mm. he is a he is a the emotion on his face. You would really believe that his kids died. Yes, they're drowned. He's like so he, good. he dives into the water and goes after the daughter, and he's like trying to like like give her like mouth to mouth in the water, like trying to resuscitate her like for a couple seconds, and like he's just. He grabs the kids. He's holding all three kids in the morning. He's like screaming, no, no. And I'm like, no, Leo, no. You deserve better than this. And he li- he pulls the kids out of the water, lines them up in the grass. He's on his knees, just emotional. The wife doesn't really know what's going on for the most part. She knows she did it, really, but she doesn't really, like, know. She's psychotic. Yeah. Very, very psychotic. And she's she basically sits down next to him and is like, let's let's dry him off and, you know, let's set him up in the in the kitchen. They'll be our dolls and stuff like that. Everything will be fine, sweetheart. And there's a moment where she kind of, like, almost breaks into reality 
where she's kind of like and like almost like I don't I can't remember the, exactly what she said, but it's basically like end this. Like I'm like I can't deal with this anymore. And then she goes back to her psychotic thing, and she hugs him and shoots her and basically kills her. And so he has a mental break. And so he instead of going to prison for killing his wife, he goes, goes to, to this Shutter, Shutter Island. Island and essentially he ha- he creates this persona where he is this Andrew Daniels, this marshal that has gone to this island to investigate. And that's a persona he's created. He doesn't remember his wife. He doesn't remember he has kids. He just, he just, all he remembers was he was in the war and he's a marshal. That's all he kind of remembers. But he doesn't even remember his own name. And this Mark Ruffalo turns out he is his psychiatrist. Yes. This entire time that he's on this adventure with Mark, he, we think Mark Ruffalo is another marshal that has just been partnered with him. He gets calling him boss. He goes, oh, hey, boss. You're like, what are we doing? Turns out the entire time he's a psychiatrist and Ben Kingsley is a, the, the doctor who's the head of the island. And right. Because they, can't, they could never break through to him. They could ne- and he's so, he has such violent tendencies and the, the people that like, finance the island want to like, take him away or like, throw him in jail or do something like that or shut the whole program down because it's such an ex- – for the 50s, this is such an experimental thing that the doctor is doing. Ben right. Kingsley essentially has said that – Role playing. Yeah. Well, not only that, but Ben Kingsley has said that usually what people do with mental patients is they throw them in a room and throw the bars up and forget about it. He's like – or just give them a bunch of drugs and forget about it. Just do that. He's like, I'm prescribing – talking to the patients and getting to know the patients and trying to get them mm-hmm. to recognize what they did like normal psychology is today and so that's a very big experiment that is what he's doing but the biggest experiment was he said in order to break through to you we decided to try and we've done this a couple times we decided to try letting you play out this fantasy and letting you discover all these things and eventually on your own discover that this is the truth like this is who you are mm-hmm. and it's a Scorsese film, right? It's, yes. Yeah, um, it's so amazing. Yeah. At the end of the movie, Ben Kingsley says, like, he, Leo accepts it. He accepts who he is. He accepts what happened. And Ben Kingsley says, I'm happy you accepted it, but we have a problem. You, you've accepted it before, and you've regressed every single time. And I'm concerned you're going to do that again. And the movie ends uh-huh. with Mark Ruffalo, Leo sitting on the, on the steps of uh, one of the buildings, and Mark Ruffalo goes up to him, and he hands him a cigarette. He's like, how are we doing, boss? How are you doing, boss? He, he calls what's him, the next step, boss? Yeah, what's the, what's the next step, boss? And hoping that he's going to remember who he is, hoping that it's stuck this time, and Leo just regress. You see, he says, he basically says, like, that they're not going to tell us everything we do need to know. Do you think he really did, or do you think he was pretending? I think he really did. I think he's pretending. I think he really did. I think he. I think he. He knows they're they're going to cut him open. They're going to cut. His, they're going to lobotomize him. Yeah. And he doesn't want to live like that anymore. So I think he's still Layton. It was Andy Layton or whatever his name was. Uh, Andrew uh, Latus. 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 I think he isn't the marshal, but I think he's pretending to have. Uh, Mark Ruffalo's character think he's the marshal, so they take him and they they pretty much end him. It could be. It, I it think that could be. I think that's what happened, but I don't know for sure because they leave it up in the air. It's typ- it is it's typical very... Martin Scorsese fashion. I hate that kind of sometimes, but it is what it is. It's like it's, the it's a freaking. What's the other DiCaprio movie I had you watch? Uh, Decep- uh, yeah, Inception. 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 You don't know. Is he still in the dream? Is he not in the dream? The thing's spinning yeah. and it cuts to black before you ever find out. Every you give me any movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, I'm gonna say this. I've one. given you three, I think. You've given me three. Yes, there's a third one. Mm-hmm. There's a few other Leo movies I haven't seen. I have not seen. I've not seen Wolf of Wall Street. I have not seen what's the 
bear movie where he's out in the woods. The, the Revenant. Woods. The Revenant. I've not seen the Revenant either. There's there's a few I didn't one, like other the ones. Rev- I Wolf of seen. Wall Street's good. I didn't like the Revenant. I, I haven't seen a few of them, but anything with Leo in it, amazing. This if you like psychological thrillers, and you like Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm glad you like and it. you like Bruce Banner as the Hulk <laughs> in this. Um, give I a very much like this movie. I'm glad you liked it. Uh, it's time to pick next week's yeah. cinema, Scott. So. I had a bunch of picks for you. I was okay. really excited for you to watch. They were all on Amazon Prime. And within the past couple weeks, apparently, they've all gone off Amazon Prime. You have to pay to rent them. So I'm not going to make you do that. You're going to hate me for this. Uh, but you know what? It is what it is. Scott, your pick for next week's Course of Cinema on Amazon Prime is Bumblebee. I know. I know. I had, I, I had a number of other movies that I was excited. I was like, I'm going to give him this. Ooh, this will be clever to watch. I have not seen Bumblebee. I know. You told me that. And I was like, all right. Um, does, no, I don't think I've seen the last couple Transformers. You don't need to worry about it. It's a prequel. It's a prequel to Transformers 1? Yes. It's basically how Bumblebee got on Earth. Oh, okay. It's basically, it's basically before you – like in the first Transformers movies, Bumblebee was already there. Yeah. This is like – how did Bumblebee get there? Like, what okay. did he have? A, he apparently has an adventure before he get before the uh, okay. movie of Transformers One. So. Shia LaBeouf in it? No. Okay. No Shia LaBeouf. Right, no Shia. All right. So I'm gonna give you, and I actually had to do a little digging. This is a movie I want you to see. Um, it's gonna be on Stars. I know. The, the, mm. Yeah. Right. I actually have a Stars account, so I'm allowing you to use my Stars account to watch this film because there was no other way I could find it. But I'm surprised you haven't seen this. You're going to watch the 1999 film called End of Days, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. I've had opportunities to watch this. I just never... It's just one of those things, again, like like how the segment started. I just kind of bypassed it. I was like, well, I'll, now you're going to watch I'll it. I'll watch it someday. Now you're going to watch End of Days, and uh, that's it. So Bumblebee and End of Days, huh? Bumblebee and End of Days. Scott. Yes. If they want to get over for your distraction, how can they do it? Oh, man. Well, you can shoot us an email for your distraction at gmail.com. Um, you can find us on social media. We are on Facebook. Search for For Your Distraction, and you can like our page on there. I post all the time on there links to our latest shows. I share cool and funny articles. So definitely, definitely pay attention to us on Facebook. We are also on Twitter. You can search for For Your Distraction on Twitter and follow us on there. Uh, you can tweet us at podcast FYD. Uh, you can listen to the shows a number of ways. We are on SoundCloud. Search for For Your Distraction on there. iTunes. Search for For Your Distraction. You can subscribe to us on there. Um, what are the other ways that you always uh, Electronic- Google Play? Google, Google Play? Play? Google Play, Spotify. I don't, I don't, oh, Google Play and Spotify. We're on there. You have to search. At Podcast FYD. Yeah, to search Podcast on FYD those for those. Yes. yes. We are a member of the Electronic Media Collective. It is a great, fantastic podcast network. Head on over to electronicmediacollective.com. You'll find our show there and umpteen other great, great shows. Definitely, definitely check out that. Also, a shout out to Conway's Irish Ale from the Great Lakes Brewing Company for our beer of the show. Adam, thanks for uh, adjusting the time a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. No problem. Uh, it's 
I actually, you know what? I don't mind this time because it means after the podcast I can chill out and it's not going to be like two in the fucking morning. Um, Scott, I got a one quick question before we go. It's, a, it's connected to WandaVision. So this this season of this series of WandaVision, we've learned that Wanda didn't get her powers from the staff. It just amplified her powers. And we knew that every other test subject died whenever they tried to uh, experiment them with the powers. I was thinking about this. Her brother Pietro. How the fuck did he get speed from the uh, Mind Stone? He didn't have powers before. Every other subject died. I think that's a plot hole that they didn't think about whenever they made the show. 